Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. I'm excited to hear the Word. Tonight is about being unashamed of the gospel and I believe Nicola lives this out. So would you join me in welcoming the first ever Australian woman to jump higher than two metres, the silver medalist from the Tokyo Games. Would you please welcome Nicola McDermott as she comes. Thank you so much, church. You can sit down. I'm not going to make you exercise any longer. And thank you, band. You are incredible. Um, wow. It is such an honor to be back in Australia. And yes, I'm crying after watching that video, just like you, Nath. So um, yeah, I, am, I also want to encourage you guys tonight. Thank you for being here. And wow, the people being baptized, you have my full heart and confidence because this is such a momentous step. I'm so proud of you guys. Um, and while I'm sharing my testimony, I just want to give you permission. When Jesus is speaking to you, or there's a certain part of my story, if, if you just get caught up in that and God starts speaking to you, hang on to that. Don't worry about what I have to say because my whole heart and my whole story is just for you to have a moment and an encounter with Jesus. So if you have that, I give you full permission to, get, to, to start daydreaming with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, when I was eight years old, I started high jump for the first time. I don't know if you guys did it in high school growing up or primary school. And I was so tall and it was eight steps. You land over a bar onto this mattress and it was a benefit to be tall. I thought, this was made for me. This was my sport. Um, and so I had a dream. And while the time I was eight years old, I said, what is the Australian record? And they said, one metre 98. I said, I'm going to be the first woman in Australia to jump over two metres. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, I said, okay, um, I also want to be an Olympian and that'll be my job and I'll travel the world. And I had a whole plan for my life, an entire plan for my life. Well, we fast forward and I'm 20 years old. It's 2017 at the very start. I'd pursued my sport to the point where I'd gone over to Europe and I'd surrounded myself with an Olympic coach. I was training with an Olympic squad I was in the best facilities in Germany. Everything was looking amazing for me. And I thought that I'd positioned myself to fulfill my dream. But you know what? I was miserable because I had pursued my own plan and my own dreams and I'd left God out of it. I became a Christian when I was 11 years old and got welcomed into a Christian school. And they didn't tease me or bully me for being tall. They loved me. And I said, how can you love like this? And they said, we love because Jesus loved. I said, I'll sign up for that. <laughs> wow. 
And so I continued through youth group and I continued and I got baptized when I was 16 and that was such a moment for me. But then I continued further and I was surrounded by a community. I got involved into a church. It was all working out really well. But the one thing that was holding me back was because I didn't put Jesus first. Jesus was like the side salad and the main course was sport. I would just add him in when it, set, when it suited me. And so I'm there, I'm 20 years old in a foreign country and I hear God calling me back home to Australia. And it's a decision and I knew if I left, I was leaving my dream behind. But I considered it better to be in the will of God and to seek him first than have anything. Because when you know Jesus all of the dreams, all of the plans that you have in your life, it's all fulfilled in the love in his eyes. You just look at him and go, this is worth everything. So 2017, I come back home and I'm saying, okay, I'm going to give up sport. Like, send me to Africa, Lord. Send me to America. Send me to to Darwin. I don't know, far away from me, right? And I hear God say, go back into the sports world, but this time... Do it my way. Don't do it your way. And so we do. And so I just thought, okay, how does it look doing it God's way? And I realized there were so many athletes in a situation just like me. We just were so hungry to get our dreams and to get glory that we'd left so much behind. We'd lost ourselves in the pursuit of success. And I had a heart and I just said, I need to go chasing after them. And I dragged my best friend, Nara, into it. And I said, we need to start a sports ministry. She's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know, but let's start. <laughs> you know, we're so young. And so we just start doing Bible studies. And we just start, um, I didn't know how to run a Bible study. I said, I think this is it. And I just picked a scripture and went, this is what Jesus told me. And this is how it relates to sport. And this is how, like, I didn't know. But the Holy Spirit had anointed me for such a time as this. So I just thought, okay. At 20, in 2017, I remember sitting there and I was on a deck chair. There was 10 other athletes uh, in Sydney because I'm, I'm from New South Wales. And we were all talking about how God had transformed our lives and how we could glorify him in sport. I sat back and I said, Jesus, it doesn't get better than this. Like, I am so content right now. Like, I know I'm in your will. If this was, if this was all just for your, like, all my sporting dreams was leading up to this moment, I'd be happy. But God had bigger plans for me. So then I make the world championships and I'm jumping higher than I'd ever jumped. And that was only within three months of this decision. Um, He had just increased me. And then Nara and I, we start doing Bible studies at the world championship. Usain Bolt is on our floor. We're just like, we're famous now? No. (laughs) But we're starting to see revival break out in the sports world. We start salvations. People had the gospel preached to them. And look, we weren't qualified. We weren't ministers. We were just two people that said yes to the call of God in our lives. And so God had given me these dreams in 2017 that stadiums would be filled with people and that there would be revival, that the athletes themselves would be preaching in the stadiums about the gospel. And I would have dreams about this and visions. And sometimes I'd be crying because I would see, I'm like, God, I don't know how it's possible, but I'll just say yes. And I think that's all you have to do is just one step forward. I don't know what I'm doing, but I just keep on saying yes to him. 
right? And so I'm there and I just had such a joy because when you know you're in the will of God, it's like, the, the, it's just you're untouchable. Yes, pain happens and yes, life happens, but there's this confidence and this boldness that you just can't shake off. And for years and years, I've been training and God kept on speaking to me and increasing me. So my personal best, when I decided to have that big life change in 2017, my personal best was 188. So it was pretty good. Like it was, it was here, but then 2018, uh, we, we brought it up to 191 to win the bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games. And then we increased it again in 2019 to 1.96. And then we increased it in 2020 to 1.98. And then this year, at the very beginning of the year, we had the Olympic trials. And I had such a peace and a boldness. And I didn't really, I didn't have the energy at this point because I was training harder than I'd ever trained before. Uh, I thought, how am I going to do a Bible study and... Um, in coronavirus times when we're not allowed to meet up with people and I just did a voice recording and now can can laugh about it with me too like I began doing the voice recording and I just did this big sigh I was like oh, okay this is the bible study for the nationals like, I was so tired but I sent it out to literally every single athlete I could think of that would receive it and it's funny because at that Olymp uh, olympic trials I was there and I, could, I was praying over the athletes around me to see a revival. But who knows that when you pray for a lot of people and they're praying for you, it's just like this, this supernatural strength. I jumped two metres for the first time in Australian history. And so fast forward, we're at the Olympic Games and it's two weeks in this little room. I have my mask on at all times unless I'm in my room. And I only go out of the room for training purposes and for dinner once, um, once a day. We had breakfast and lunch like in our Australian um, headquarters. And while I was there, I went off social media. I just went off and I just spent time with God alone in my room. And it's a little bit like a prison. And people can get really caught up and go, you know, the Olympics is meant to be your dream. You're meant to have, like, mascots, like, doing cartwheels around you and, like, rainbows and, you know, because like, you've made it. But for me, I, I just was just in my room and I was praying. I was praying over Australia and I was praying over every person that would watch me jump. And I just would hold my Australian uniform and say, God, I pray that they see, they see you in me. They don't, they don't see Nicola, the, 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 the tall girl from Australia. They see you. And even if I don't have a microphone, that they would see the way that I jump, that there's something different. And I would just have these little inklings and even that speech that was all given to me in those two weeks. And I would just spend time. I'd be like marinating in it. I'd be like, yes, this would be great. And I was ranked world ranking number seven when I went into the Olympic finals. But I had this unshakable faith and unshakable boldness that God was going to use absolutely everything that I was going to do. So, because you know, like, it's not you that 
that it's not your giftings. It's not like how talented you are or like or how qualified you are. When you go into there and you put your life in the hands of Jesus, you know the story of the bread and the the loaves of bread and the fish. There was only a small portion, but in His hand, He fed the multitudes. He fed thousands and thousands of people. And I said, "Do that with my performance, Lord. Even if I just, even if I come last, I want to. I want to operate in faith." Because this is worship to you. You know, it, the Olympics really tested and pushed me because I spent more time tired than I have felt fresh. And I spent more time... As soon as something gets easy for me, it's an opportunity for me to go one step further and make it a bit harder so I can then perform even better. So as soon as I get comfortable, I know it's time to shift and go uncomfortable because like, my comfort isn't in my state or in my feelings. It's in knowing that my salvation is secured in Jesus. Right? And one verse that really helped me in this was Acts chapter 4. And it says, verse 30, 31, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And continue to speak the word of God in boldness. When I was jumping out there, I knew I was in good shape, but I knew the Holy Spirit was inside of me. And the beautiful thing is, everyone will will forget a performance, even if it's good, because it, 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 you can't really relate to it. If I see someone doing gymnastics, I can't relate to it. Like, look at these legs. Like, you know, that I'm not going to be able to do what they're doing. But when they speak and they share their hearts, it's like it changes something. And I just saw every jump in the Olympics as an act of worship. And I said, Lord, this is yours. And um, I, and I had such a peace. I, remember I, I qualified. I got no misses. And they said, wow, she's ranked number one going into the final. And people started having expectations, thinking, maybe Nicola can get the gold. But in my heart, I knew... Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And so I walked into the finals, and I was, I was so peaceful. I was, like, I was singing worship songs. I was humming along. Um, I held the Holy Spirit with me. He's like, how great is this? I'm like, you're here. He's like, of course I'm here. I've never left you. I'm like, this is the best. I walk into the, the stadium, and it's empty. But in my heart, it's filled with all of heaven sitting down. I was... <laughs> I said, like, every empty seat reminded me of a person back home in Australia, but I have this running joke with my friends, and I'm like, the angels were taking up the whole seating arrangement. <laughs> there wasn't room for the rest of them. Um, and so when I was jumping, I could just have this unwavering, unshakable peace because I was in the will of God. And even I was looking at my competitors and thinking, how can I pray for them? I mean, it's the Olympics, but who cares? I'm like, how can I pray for this person next to me? That's because your heart's just like your eyes are flicked. It's like you have this brand new lens in and you can see clearly. You can see color for the first time. The, the Olympics was just fun. It was the girls I jump against all the time, but we're wearing different colored outfits. It's like being at a birthday party. You know, we all have our different, different um, outfits on. I was unshaken. And when I was jumping, it got to two meters. And then this is like a barrier for most people because that's when you start getting medals. And I looked at it and I started laughing because I knew just how faithful God was. And then I jumped and I, and I cleared it first attempt. And, 
and the people are screaming and, and then I could just do it again for 202, which is a jump I could never do pre previously. And I've jumped for 16 years at this point, right? But when I was r running up to the bar, all I heard was worship music in my head. All I heard was just, I knew that God was carrying me. And I used to be scared of high jump because it's a very, I mean, I can't demonstrate here, unfortunately, but you're running at 100% capacity on this very, very tight, tight line. You put your foot down and then it goes up. But if you go one degree out, it could potentially injure you. And so your body wants just to hold back, hold back. But then when you have a, a stronger voice saying, go for it, go for it, it pushes you. And I just had that. And I, could, and I managed to get 202 that day and I got the silver medal for Australia. <laughs> and I didn't realize just how much was, was back at home. Um, so I had that speech, you know, written in my heart. I didn't have notes, but it was ingrained into, into there. And when I walked up to the, um, the media outlets, they said, if you share your faith, they will turn off the, the cameras straight away. You're not going to be able to, to not only be able to speak to the public, but they will shame you and your silver medal will be as if it's nothing. And they'll make fun of you. They will mock you. And people said this to me. They said, from experience. Maybe you can say glory to God at the end, but they might cut that off as well. And I'm walking up there and I'm having a conversation to God going, should I, should I say it? Should I say, is it enough? Is silver enough to, to say a speech like that? Will people even be wanting to hear it? And as I looked at the person who was interviewing me, I had such a love in my heart that even if he turned off the cameras, he would hear the full gospel. And maybe it's just the one. And when your heart, just like Jesus, he left the 99 for the one sheep and he will pursue you completely and intentionally. He gave him that heart and went, I want to pursue this person. Like, you know, I just want to tell him the full untainted gospel. And then as I started speaking and he interviewed me, it was a seven minute interview. And by then I'd already thought, okay, they've cut the, they've, they've already cut it off and I'll just be relaxed. And it wasn't until I was at home that they had not only shown it, but they repeated it and repeated it. And people from all over, the, all over Australia heard it. And after that, um, I actually went straight back to Europe. So I haven't been home for four months. I'm going back home tomorrow, hopefully if borders are okay. Um, and I continued competing with the girls that I was versing with. But this time we had our normal... I'm sponsored by Puma, so we have a Puma outfit and somebody has a Nike outfit. And, um, and when I was overseas, I, I could actually be in Paris for the Diamond League. And I won the Paris Diamond League... And God really showed me that Paris is in 2024, the Olympics, and it was just a precursor to go, don't stop. It's like there's still more. There is still more. And I, I could really just embrace the presence of God, even overseas. Uh, it was hard because if it was just for me, I'm being honest, if it was just for me, I would have gone home after the Olympics. I did my job for Australia. I could go home. But I went back out there because the other athletes needed to know the gospel. 
and more and more people overseas needed to experience what freedom truly looks like in sport. And so you continue dieting and you continue training because they're actually worth it, because God says that we're worth it. And there was more salvations and there was more miracles and there was more healings overseas that followed. And I think... And so I'm coming back home now. I have just experienced the goodness of God. And I have, I have heard and I've been able to share and heard the stories of people believing for revival again. Because revival, when we talk about it, isn't just a word. It's actually this movement that not only you get, you get saved and you get changed and transformed, but you become like salt and who knows that if you eat pasta sauce without salt, it does not taste good. But you add it in and all of a sudden all the flavors come together. It's like you get put into your school and you start preaching the gospel. Then everyone gets impacted. You go into your work and then people actually hear the gospel and then their families hear the gospel then their neighbors hear the gospel it's like when God gives you a dream in your heart he didn't just give you a dream because you were good at it he gave you a dream to attach eternity to it right he gave me a, a gift of sports because he wanted to see the sports world world saved he wanted to see stadiums filled again for the gospel if he's given you a gift with music maybe it even wasn't just for worship maybe it wasn't just for singing but as your voice your voice was going to be so impacting that people around you would encounter the goodness and the love of God just through you opening your voice it's like if you were good at business maybe he wanted you put, to put you in business because others needed to see what good leadership looked like so that they could have a good impact of authority and learn the truest authority of Jesus in their lives. You know, there's just more and more and more. God gave you a dream. He gave you giftings in your heart so that you would be able to ignite a flame inside of each person. Because there's people out there that are desperate. There's people out there that are hungry. There's people out there that are next to you that are going through so much. But when you step out into boldness, you share your testimony. You share the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. This is what happens. It doesn't just impact you. It's not just a story. It is the story. It's history. It's what people's hearts are crying for. Because eternity, it says in Ecclesiastes, eternity is written in people's hearts. And you've got the key. You've got the key. And you know, the, the best thing for me is that that girl at eight years old that dreamed of the two-meter jump and at the Olympics, 16 years later, I not only fulfilled it, I exceeded my own expectations. But it was done His way. It wasn't done my way. And I just want to encourage each of you tonight, step into boldness. Step into what God has for you. Because when you partner with Jesus and you follow His will, you'll find you have everything you have ever needed. Absolutely everything you've ever needed. So I just want to encourage each of you doing baptism tonight. You are making a stand and you are making a covenant that is not only going to change you, your friends, your community and family. You're changing the entire world. Amen. Amen. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.